broadcasting to the world from the south of Spain. Here we go. Riff Monkeys. Yeah! Kick it! Fight for your right to party there by the Beastie Boys. Awesome. Hello and welcome to the Riff Monkeys podcast with me, Brian Wells, a.k.a. DJ Freak Lips. Um, and I'm on my Todd again, so I thought I would uh, go on a little journey with one of my favourite bands. Um, a little bit of an anthology. We're going to go through, going to play a couple of my favourite tracks from each of their albums. Um, could turn into a two or three part of this. Uh, there's quite a few songs to go through. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Licence to Ill came out in 1986 um, when I was just 12 years old. Uh, apparently the album was supposed to be called, or they wanted it to be called Don't Be a Faggot, but Columbia Records uh, refused to release the album under that title, arguing it was homophobic, which of course it was, but I think it was just a bit of a joke. And they pressured Russell Simmons, who was the head of Def Jam Recordings at the time, into um, forcing them to choose another name, and Adam Horowitz... Uh, has since apologised for the album's early title. Mm, I think they've grown up a bit since then. So, um, yeah, no, that album is absolutely jam-packed with so many samples from Slayer to, you know, Barry White, ACDC. There's literally hundreds of samples on that. Uh, must have been a nightmare to clean, clear them all. Um, I'm going to play another one of my favourite tracks from that album now, which is called Brass Monkey. I absolutely love this track. Check it out. And I've still got it on 7-inch single with a little sticker on it that says, This Belongs to Brian. <laughs> 
monkey that funky junkie from license to wheel by the beastie boys uh license to ill incidentally was the first the very first rap album to get to number one in the billboard charts that's a hell of a feat and it's still columbia records fastest selling debut album um it went platinum very quickly but then in 2015 after the very sad death of adam yow mca um it went to number one again and it went diamond which doesn't happen to many albums so, moving on to Paul's Boutique, the follow-up album, um, released in 1989 and f- clearly showed the boys growing up and getting to grips with the, the, the you know, the industry, the, and everything about it, less, uh, less of a joke like before. I mean, you know, you've got to remember that these guys started out as a hardcore punk band uh, back in 1979, actually, uh, about when, when The Cure started, you know. Um, and then they, when they moved into hip-hop, you know, obviously under the wing of uh, Rick Rubin and Russell Simmons, um, lots of sample heavy, um, you know, they became popular. They could have, if they wanted, they could have gone on to be abs- much, much bigger than they were. They could have commercialised a lot more, a bit like Run DMC did by doing songs with, um, you know, Aerosmith and stuff. Uh, you know, they, they could have, but I'm so glad they didn't. I have so much more respect for them for sticking to who they are and being true to themselves, never advertising, never allowing their music to be used to sell products or anything. I think they're absolutely brilliant. Um, so let's check out my... One of my favourite tracks uh, off this album. This is called Shake Your Rump. Yeah. 
Is your name Michael Diamond? No, mine's Clarence. From downtown Manhattan, the village. My style's wild, and you know that it's still it. This no bag's open, and you're doing the bar. Say, yo, Roba. Shake your rump there from Paul's Boutique. Brilliant, man. Um, now, when Paul's Boutique uh, came out, it, was, it wasn't a, a success. It was, certainly wasn't as successful as the first album. But that's down to Columbia Records not promoting it enough because they had somebody else that was getting very big at the time and they were putting all more effort into that. I think it was one of the Osmond, Donny Osmond or something. Mm, wonderful. Um, but since then, it is now regarded as one of the most innovative um, hip-hop albums of all time. I mean, it, it's just unbelievable. I think it was, uh, if you look at the Rolling Stone review, um, they call it a celebration of American junk culture that's still blowing minds today. Even 14 years of obsessive listening can't exhaust all the musical and lyrical jokes crammed into Paul's Boutique. Uh, Chuck D of Public Enemy um, was quoted as saying that the dirty secret among the black hip-hop community at the time of release was that Paul's Boutique had the best beats. Mm. During the same Vibe interview, Mike D was asked about any possible hesitation he or the band might have regarding the overt sampling of several minutes of well-known Beatles uh, background tracks, including the song The End of uh, On the Sounds of Science uh, song. He claimed that the Beatles filed preliminary legal papers and that his response was, what's cooler than getting sued by the Beatles? There you go. Anyway, let's play another track of uh, off the album Paul's Boutique by the Beastie Boys. This is called Looking Down the Barrel of a Gun.
Looking down the barrel of a gun there by the Beastie Boys. Uh, Incidentally, I'm playing all these tracks on vinyl, okay? Just so you know. So, moving on to the next album. 1992, April 21st, the Beastie Boys released Check Your Head. This is, without a doubt, my favourite Beastie Boys album. This is when they started to really get experimental, to really, like, uh, get to where they were... I mean, they just... With every album, they improve, obviously. But they got... They, they you know, got in some more people. Um, the producer Mario Caldito Jr., who later produced quite a few, or if not all, of the De La Soul albums. Um, they had Money Mark, the keyboard player in this, who was just... I mean, he is absolutely incredible in this. And Eric Bobo, who later went on to... Uh, be a a founding member of Cypress Hill. I think he's still in Cypress Hill now. Um, So let's quickly jump in with an awesome track um, from this album. This is called So What You Want. What do you want?
What you want. Brilliant. Uh, from the Check Your Head there. Now, something I really love about um, from this moment on from the Beastie Boys, they're, they're all, they started to play their own instruments. I mean, they did anyway when they were in their punk days, but now, you know, it's not like they're sampling everything. They still use samples, of course, because sampling for them, uh, the sampling is it's an artwork in itself. It's not just like, oh, you let's sample things to make our songs popular, put popular things in our songs. It's no, it's listening to lots of records, thinking, you know, that would go well there. Brilliant. They still did it but they were by now they they're playing their own instruments i mean absolutely fantastic um so i'm going to move on now from the same album and play a track called professor booty i mean it just shows their sense of humor i love to hear a sense of humor come through in an album and in a lot of albums that does happen a lot of de la soul albums for example you get these little skits in between the uh, songs little one minute or 30 second things that are just funny it just shows that there's a sense of humor it's not just like here's a track and you know it's, it's not so anal it's not like here's a track here's another track yet they have to be three and a half minutes long you know, break the rules a bit, people. Come on. Man, and I saw your female with them, too. What's up with her? I've been hearing that she's been giving that stuff out to all them graffiti guys. Well, shut the fuck up, Chico, man. We're paying three of those mules for some of that ass. Professor, what's another word for pirate treasure? Well, I think it's booty. Booty. Booty.
Professor Boote from Check Your Head there. Uh, an album got, got very mixed reviews. Uh, Kevin Powell of Rolling Stone called Check Your Head uh, the Beastie Boys' most unconventional outing to date and stated the cross-pollination of styles in Check Your Head is confusing at times, yet the album achieves distinction because of its ingenuity. Um... Yeah, Greg Tott of the Chicago Tribune wrote that the group was showing surprising resilience and versatility, noting their new musical direction on Check Your Head, and singled out Money Mark's performance on the album for praise, referring to him as the album's secret weapon, which I think he definitely is. I mean, yeah, the keyboard work in this is absolutely brilliant. On the other hand, uh, Entertainment Weekly's David Brown panned the album as a muddled, uh, clanking mess um, and called Check Your Head a great concept, but felt that the execution is halfway there at best, later assigning it a neither rating, indicating an album that may impress once or twice with consistent craft or an arresting track or two, then won't. Well, whatever. Check it out yourselves. It's absolutely brilliant. Check Your Head by the Beastie Boys. We're now going to move on to... Um, Oh, absolutely. One of the. I keep on saying that this is my favourite album. That's my favourite album. I mean, they're all my favourite albums. What can I say? But this next one is a. Oh, it's a blinder. Ill Communication. This one saw a lot of. Um, a lot of collaborations, you know. Uh, Q-Tip from um, A Tribe Called Quest, for example. Biz Marquee, um, who, who carried on working with them. Uh, as well as Money Mark, Eric Bobo. Um, just so, so many people. I mean, absolutely brilliant. And the standout track from this album um, is Root Down definitely, and Sabotage. Um, I'm going to play Sabotage. I'm going to play my version of Sabotage a little, uh, at the end of this um, podcast as well. Because when MCA died... Um, I did cry, and I that night I did made my own version, my own homage to uh, to MCA, and and I made uh, my version of Sabotage. So I'll you check that out later on. Anyway, this is Root Down. <laughs> Kick it, root down. Yeah, how you wanna kick it? Gonna kick it, root down. So how you gonna kick it? 
Yeah. <laughs> How are you going to kick it? All right. So that's from, uh, that's Root Down from the Beastie Boys album, um, Ill Communication, released in 1994. That's when they really started to experiment with rock and jazz and funk and being, you know, recognised for doing those things. They're not just sampling, they're playing that stuff, you know? I mean, it's just incredible. And that album got a very good critical reception. Um, Rolling Stone included Ill Communication in their essential recordings of the 90s. Um, Spin ranked it number 19 in Spin's list of the 20 best albums of 90s, of 94, sorry. Um, Yeah, included in Q Magazine's 90 best albums of the 1990s. Um, and it appeared in the book 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. And I totally agree. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm going to play a track now. Just, I think, one of the most famous Beastie Boys songs of all time. If you haven't seen the video to this song, I totally urge you to check it out. It's a bit of fun. Well, the, the videos, for, for example, were directed by a guy called Nathaniel Hornblower. And I didn't realise at the time either, but that is actually MCA, yeah, Adam Yelp, um, who directed them all. And this one, it did just look like they're having so much fun when they're making these videos. I mean, just check out all their videos. They're absolutely brilliant. And that's what it should be. It's just a bit of fun. People take it so seriously and they put millions and millions of dollars into making videos. I personally think if you've got to put that much money into a music video, it's because the music sucks. So... Check it out. This is Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. And right at the end of this podcast, I'm not sure if I'm going to get through all these songs. Uh, I might turn in this into another two or three parter. Um, but I'm going to put my version of this song at the end of the podcast. Here we go. Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. <laughs> Back in one 
Brilliant. Iconic tune there, Sabotage by the Beastie Boys uh, from the album Ill Communication. I will definitely be playing that in my set this Saturday night at Louis Louis in Estepona Port. Um, brilliant. I just want to, I know I was going to say only two tracks from each album, but I just have to throw this cheeky little track in from that album. This is called Fruit Loop. Brilliant fruit loop there. Um, flute loop, sorry. I mean, I just love that. I mean, and I get it totally. You know, there's been so many times where you just get a little loop, a little something, and you think, oh, you know what, I can do something with that and make a, just a little little experimental thing. And I love that about the Beastie Boys, that fearless, like, let's just put it in. Let's just do something really, even if it's just a few seconds. I mean, that was a very short track. I mean... Oh, just love it. I just love the innovation. Um, so we're going to move on now to, um, you know, there was a big gap between um, between the last album and this album. And I absolutely love this album to death. Uh, I remember meeting my wife um, just after this came out, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. 19, yeah. 19, 1998, this came out. Um, this is called Hello Nasty. This is an absolutely epic album with so, so many different styles and it's just ugh, amazing, man. And it, I mean, it won a Grammy, or it won two awards at the 1999 Grammys. Uh, that's the year I got married, incidentally. And I remember I remember a little story about this one. I remember my, uh, my wife came over to, to my apartment and we were, you know, um, I said, oh, she put some music on. And I said, yeah, I've got the new Beastie Boys album. She's like, I don't want to listen to the Beastie Boys. Because obviously, and at, a lot, at the time, I understood because at the time people, people didn't know that the Beastie Boys had more albums than, you know, the one with Fight for Your Right to Party on it. And they just saw that kind of parody that they were doing as a kind of a joke. And they were like, oh, they're, you know, they're rubbish. Uh, they had no idea these albums come out. So I, I left it a couple of days and then she came around again one night and I just put it on. And um, I remember her saying, wow, this is really good. What is it? And I said, it's the Beastie Boys. Shouts to my beast, let me know if you 
So yeah, super disco break in there. Oh, awesome. So yeah, brilliant, man. Absolutely brilliant. Hello, Nasty. What an album. I remember so well when this came out. Um, this is when the DMC champion mix master Mike DMC is like the mixing, um, championships, you know, DJ mixing, and he won it just so many times in a row. It's unbelievable. Um, so he, on the album, you can actually hear uh, that, that there's a song called three MCs, one DJ, where he literally rang them up and left on their answer machine. Hi, I'm mix master Mike. I turned my, uh, I turned my mixing, you know, desk into a wah-wah pedal and stuff, and he did this little recording, and that's actually the beginning of the song. Uh, brilliant video as well. Um, just absolutely, I mean, it's just unreal. And on this album as well, there was a track uh, with um, uh, Lee Scratch Perry called Dr. Lee PhD, very laid-back dub uh, track. Really, really nice, man. Really nice. And also Santigold. Santigold are on that album. Um, so uh, I'm going to chuck on a track now from the album. Uh, this is called Remote Control. This is absolutely brilliant, mate. Check it out. As ever. The brilliant remote control there from Hello Nasty by the Beastie Boys. So many great... i tell you what as well, there's a, there's a lot of great remixes of a lot of the songs on this. Uh, I played one last Saturday in, uh, in my set at Louis Louis. was uh, Intergalactic. Was Obviously, that was the big hit from this album. But uh, there's a Prisoners of Technology remix. I think I played it on, uh, on our Drum and Bass podcast a few episodes back. 
So, yeah, hello, Nasty. Oh, and the reissue as well on vinyl, by the way, has got so many more tracks. I mean, they literally made so many songs for this album. So many of them didn't get included on the album, but later were re-released. And the critical um, response to it was brilliant. I mean, David Brown from Entertainment Weekly um, said, Hello, Nasty is a sonic smorgasbord in which the beasties gorge themselves with reckless abandon. They dabble in lounge pop kitsch, um, make like a summit of Santana and Traffic in the Latin-flavoured song for Junior, and subtly incorporate a drum and bass shuffle into the mix in flowing prose. The melange makes for a looser, more free-spirited record than the earlier albums. The music invites you in, rather than threatening to shut you out. Oh, absolutely awesome, man. So, yeah, I'm going to play one more track from that album. Uh, this is a song called um, Body Moving, and I'm going to play the uh, Fat Boy Slim remix of this because, uh, you know, when this album came out, they took it on tour and they were in Glasgow Arena, which is a big, very round, uh, well, it's an arena, uh, but they played right in the middle of it, and uh, their support act was Fat Boy Slim. Um, it was very much at his peak at the time, 20 years ago. And it was, I mean, to see, I think it was about 90,000 people there. And to see him on his own, just with, with some vinyl, it's just astonishing. Um, absolutely incredible. So I'm going to play that right now. Uh, this is um, Body Moving, the Fatboy Slim remix by the Beastie Boys from Hello Nasty. Place. And if you pull my card, you pull the ace. 
The Beastie Boys there with Body Moving, the Fat Boy Slim remix. Absolutely incredible from the album Hello Nasty. Uh, I'm Mr. Freak Lips, um, and that's all we got time for this week. Um, this is part one of my Beastie Boys anthology, my little del- dive into the, uh, the world of the Beastie Boys. Um, so I'm going to leave you with a track I made, uh, my own cover version of Sabotage, that I made after the very sad news uh, seven years ago that... Um, that MCA had died of cancer, that I knew nothing about it as well. It came a very big shock to me. Um, and, you know, I used to kind of, not laugh, but like kind of, you know, I didn't understand when people, because um, I'm not really into pop music or celebrities myself. So when people's, people die, you know, celebrities, people would cry and get hysterical and stuff. And I never understood it. And I kind of maybe laughed at it sometimes. And then when, but when someone who's special to you, not just because, you know, you like their pretty little songs or anything, but because you really respect them. Um, I just, you know, yeah, I totally understood then. And I'm very sorry if I ever, ever, ever laughed at anyone for, for crying when, uh, when a musician or celebrity died because it was it is devastating um so yeah this is my version of sabotage by the beastie boys um thank you very much for listening this is the riff monkeys podcast number 18 on mix 106 i'll see you next week with uh, me and sammy james will be delving into some more uh, musical shenanigans so um see you then bye guys and have a great evening
Riff Monkeys.